You're listening to Vincenzo Landino on the Brand Boost Podcast, powered by Zoom. All right, today I've got a unique guest with me. Niagara Parks in Canada is using social and digital outlets to really bring a ton of awareness and just make it look like a really cool place to be. What's going on, Chris? Uh, Not too much, Vincenzo. Thanks for having me. Are you near the falls right now? Uh, fairly close, say about maybe a kilometer or two away. We say kilometer. I yes, guess a, a you mile say kilometer. So that's what, like 2.2 <laughs> miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. There we go. See ya. I got this conversion thing down. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, first of all, how did you get involved with Niagara Parks? Uh, basically I was at an agency for about, uh, three and a half years and a coworker of mine, she left and came over to work for the parks about a uh, year and a half ago. And about 10 months ago, a job opening opened up there, and she said, I think you'd be a great fit for it. I applied, and I ended up getting it. That was about late September 2015. Okay, very cool. So you've been there for not even a full year yet, right? Yeah, not quite. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, So tell us a little bit about what is Niagara Parks. Now, I asked you this in the pre-interview. I'm going to ask you again. Um, Is it? a government entity is this how does this work what exactly is niagara parks yeah we are an agency of the government of ontario um but we're actually self-sustained so we don't receive any tax funding all the the revenue that we derive from our products and our attractions that's used to fund what we do and basically our mandate is to protect and preserve uh the area surrounding niagara falls and um so that's that includes niagara falls itself and that includes the gorge And then we have attractions for everything from restaurants, golf courses, uh, heritage sites, um, pretty much anything you can think of like that that's in the area. We we, we brand ourselves as a 56-kilometer outdoor adventure museum. This is uh, the term that we've coined, so we kind of go with that. What uh, I mean, it's it obviously the falls is absolutely gorgeous. If you've never been to Niagara Falls on the American or the Canadian side, it's both gorgeous. Now, the Canadian side, I hear, is a little bit nicer uh right now i I, (laughs) true story i couldn't go there when we were younger my dad's green card either was about to expire or something something like that so as we drove um or as we took a the ferry boat he my dad didn't get off on the canadian side so we ended up stuck in the u.s side so tell me a little bit about that side of the falls yeah we have the we have the better view i guess you would say if if you you think about what Niagara Falls is, it's essentially two separate falls. So there's the larger Horseshoe Falls, which are the kind of more famous ones. And then there's the American Falls, which are pretty spectacular as well, but they're flat along the gorge. But we actually have the better view of both of them. So um, if you go over to Niagara Falls, New York, you'll see they have kind of a viewing platform that allows you to step out beside the American Falls. You can kind of see them there. And they also have the May of the Mist um, boat tours yes, on the U.S. The side as well. Mist. I did that. Yeah. Although, interestingly enough, it's not called Made of the Mist on our side anymore. Oh. Uh, <laughs> on the U.S. side, it's still Made of the Mist. On our side, it's actually Hornblower tours. Hornblower. Now, it, are, yeah. I, okay, now, Hornblower, isn't that uh, Hornblower? I think I saw a Hornblower in San Diego. Is that yeah, like you, the same you, type? Yeah, you did. Yeah, gotcha. and that would, be, that would be the same company. Yeah. Cool. Okay, very interesting. Um, all right. They're yeah. actually a tenant of ours on the park. So we have a contract with oh, them. Oh, okay, they, okay, okay, cool. And they operate, uh, they operate on so our grounds. So Hornblower operates in different areas. Very cool. All right, well, um, I'm looking at, obviously, some of the, like, the, the illumination. Do you guys do that every night? Yep. Oh. Yep, illumination. And we, uh, it's, it's usually, 
in designation of something. It's it's funny. That's actually a pretty topical thing for us right now because mm-hmm. uh, recently, um, the day that Prince died, <laughs> we yeah. had uh, we had scheduled to have the falls illuminated purple in honor of Queen uh, Victoria's birthday. Oh wow! Um, or is it Queen Elizabeth's birthday? The Queen's I, birthday. One of those anyway. queens. It's Queen Victoria. <laughs> and and uh, actually, what ended up happening was all these monuments around the world started illuminating themselves purple. Uh, in honor of Prince. So everyone jumped on and said, oh, look, uh, the falls is illuminated purple because of the Prince. And then we, or sorry, because of Prince, we had announced earlier in the day prior to his passing being announced mm-hmm. that it was for the Queen. And then there was this huge outcry and uh, people were very angry. I can, <laughs> I'll share with you some of the, the posts that they had after, but um, it was it was a pretty big thing. We are, we had reach on our Facebook page of over, six seven hundred thousand that day um and we were just it was it was going nuts so we had to actually put out a statement saying uh basically we acknowledge that uh, this was originally for the queen people are free to interpret it any way they wish um we we illuminate the falls but how people want to take meaning from that is up to them and um it was actually it was, it was a pretty big thing there for for a day or two wow okay so it's a little bit of outcry over niagara falls Honestly, yeah. <laughs> Niagara Falls never seemed like, you know, when I was younger, Niagara Falls was like, oh, Canada or not, not Canada, but like, oh, wow, upstate New York. Like, what's the goat? Like, what is there to see there? But it's absolutely gorgeous. And and OK, now we've talked a little bit about the parks. You guys do way more than just the falls. Like you said, there are um, there's plenty, there's gardens, there's golf. Uh, the heritage thing is pretty, pretty cool. I'm a huge I love history. So this authentic war of 1812 experiences mm-hmm. that you guys do there, that's very cool stuff. And I, you know, I don't know if everyone likes that. Maybe they don't. Um, <laughs> but I, aside from all of that, golf though has got me going. I like I really need to come golf there. I need to take a weekend with the with the boys and come definitely, golfing. definitely. But um, all right, let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing on the digital side and on social now like if you just peruse your just your twitter feed for example it's filled with photos you guys are doing an amazing job of showing off the falls and a lot of the flowers and the gardens um what what are you doing specifically because i know there's something behind it Mm -hmm. i I know there's you're doing more than just uh posting what are you doing specifically right now to actually bring more people there like are you seeing an increase in traffic to the fall all right so could you give us some specific numbers like do you have numbers that you can give us in terms of um i don't know how you guys measure i would assume it's it's uh visitors per year or visitors per month but whatever numbers you can give me and and whatever you guys are doing i would love to know yeah in, in terms of um what we're trying to execute i guess it's on the digital side, we're trying to leverage a lot of user-generated content. If you look at our our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, um, the having a fairly small marketing department, there's about six or seven of us, and that the problem the issue with that becomes we ha- we have so many attractions. How do you get people out to kind of capture content and do all that kind of thing at all the attractions? So um, the biggest asset that we have is really encouraging user-generated content and getting people who are already visiting our attractions to um, take photos and share them with us. And if you look at something like our Instagram feed, we have a lot of spectacular photos on there. Some of them are taken by us. Uh, some of them are just taken by visitors to the attraction. So we just trying to leverage that as much as we can. Um, in terms of visitation, uh, if you look at our web traffic, I'd say our web traffic from last year 
on a monthly basis is up about 10 to 12 percent. Um, if you look at the number of visitors that we get um, in park, it, it tends to it tends to mirror that as well. Um, the organization for a while um, was in kind of I wouldn't say um, dire straits, but it it was it wasn't doing as well as uh, it had in the past. I think one thing that affected them a bit was uh, the new legislation around uh, crossing the border after nine eleven. That's that took a big hit. If you look at something like our golf courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the revenue that came from the from cross border golfers went down around thirty to forty percent, and wow. we're starting to see that come back up again. Um, but it's just it takes time, right? And it's an education process as well. And the, the challenge that we have at times is, if you look at something, everyone knows what Niagara Falls is. We don't have we don't have an issue um, communicating that awareness issue. Yeah. But, but there is an awareness issue surrounding our brand as Niagara parks, just because for the simple fact of, of nothing more than we don't have Niagara falls in the name. Right. Right. So if somebody searches Niagara falls, like we are the entity that, um, that protects and preserves Niagara falls. So if you go to Niagara falls, uh, and you are standing at the brink, you are on our property and you're um, experiencing our attractions. But a lot of people, they might not even know that. So they could be in one of our parks and they would say, what's Niagara Parks? Gotcha. <laughs> so th- that's that's the issue that that we're uh, that we're constantly kind of um, trying to fight against. Now, what channel on social media are you guys finding the most success with? Success. I would say Facebook is is our is our number one channel just because of the ad product. I just think that the ad product is, in terms of what who we can target. Um, we do a lot of things with looking at visitation um, on our website and then doing remarketing um, with Facebook pixels, obviously, and um, even just geographically and just taking a look at what you'd be surprised actually what um, what centers drive visitation in in the u.s market it can be it's not always like there's obviously the the hub around ohio pennsylvania new york Mm -hmm. all of that but then there's a lot of visitation from california uh texas gets a lot as well so it allows us to really kind of target those areas geographically Mm -hmm. so facebook's huge for us um especially with facebook video video ads like it's the reach that you can get is is huge so i'm a big proponent of those and we're trying to make more video content again it comes down to um resource issues, staffing issues at the end of the day, but, um, it's something that's definitely a priority for us. Of course. Now, you know, you said, you mentioned Facebook and the ads product now, and this is a conversation. This is not specific to Niagara parks at all Mm -hmm. or Niagara falls or anywhere. Uh, but in your opinion from using the product, the ads product. Now I fully believe in Facebook ads and Facebook's ad product. I mean, I'm 100% into it, 200% into it. Uh, use it with all my clients. Use it for myself yeah. personally. What are you guys finding works the best? You said video, but in terms mm-hmm. of of targeting, if you can get into specifics, what types of targeting are you guys using? Um, and then I'll tell you guys what I've been using a little bit and see if it resonates with anybody. Yeah, the, the biggest thing is remarketing. Um, just make, making sure that we're tracking visitors to our site and uh, – and remarketing to them because the click-through rates are just so much higher. The value that you're getting, it's mm-hmm. it's almost throwing money away not to do that. Um, so our site is so big and expansive that 
targeting certain areas because not everyone that visits our site um, comes for the same reason. And that's that's something that we're, we're trying to we have to execute with our Facebook as well. We actually have different pages for the different departments because it's not the same customer at the end of the day. And the same person that likes uh, is interested in golf is not the same person that is interested in our heritage sites necessarily. Um, there's crossover there. And that's why we have the kind of general larger page. Uh, which houses everything. And then we kind of will reshare content on that as well. Um, but we, we're trying to be more specialized so that we can target the customers because somebody who signs up just, just because they like golf and then all of a sudden they're getting all these flowers and they're getting these updates about the War of 1812 history. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, of course. And they go, what, what is this? I'm going to unfollow this now, right? So um, kind of segmenting our audiences that way and then kind of targeting them, targeting them, um, targeting them like that. I yeah, guess. no. And, and, you know, the retargeting, it's something that I, I do want to bring up more on the podcast. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are there's a lot of missed opportunities and it's nice mm-hmm. to see that, um, you know, a brand like yourselves and, and it's such, you know, and the reason why I wanted to ask you is because you guys have so many things and I'm glad you brought it out because you have war of 1812 and you have gardens and parks and then you have golf mm-hmm. and then you have adventure <laughs> things going on. We have weddings. <laughs> right. I mean, so yeah. you're reaching a totally, uh, you know, everyone is, is so different. All of these individuals are so different that you're trying to reach. So I like hearing that you're using Facebook and with success, um, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really good to hear. Uh, what about like what are you guys using any new mediums like Snapchat, like yeah. the live video broadcast? I, I mean, I personally haven't seen any if you have done any live video broadcast. But what about mm-hmm. Snapchat? What about um, you know the live streaming? How's that yeah, working? We we've set up a Snapchat account. Uh, the issue for us at the end of the day, we 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 try to be very progressive. Uh, we are a government agency, and the, the issue becomes um, an approval process, I guess. And that's we're, we're we're trying to get around right now. We I know that we need to be a part of this space moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's where everything is going, so we're going to need to exist there. We right. need to figure out how we can do that and have an acceptance level of the loss of control that accompanies that. Um, because if if you're going to do um, live video, there's, there's going to be times where something is going to happen and, and somebody up in the ivory tower goes, Oh, Oh crap. What's this? Right. Um, and it, but it, you can't abandon, um, these platforms just because you're scared. Right. Um, you have to find a way to, to adopt to them. So, um, what the, 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 the way that we wanted to kind of dip our toe in the Snapchat waters this is something that we're actually probably going to experiment with next month is just, is this geo filters, and kind of how we can leverage um, user-generated content again, and without so it's it allows for us to have a presence in that space and kind of do some targeting and own different uh, um, different attractions that have different geo filters centered on them, and allow users to kind of see us there and have a presence there and encourage them to repost on their other platforms and and whatnot. So we have a presence there, but we're not necessarily creating content in that space. Uh, so we don't have the risks associated with that. So not at the moment, not, nothing at the moment. It's, it's still interesting. It's good to know that it's on the radar. I like hearing, mm-hmm. you know, where, where these, you know, it's conservative. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you're working with government. So I always like to hear while well, we're yeah. working. I, I, I feel very strongly that we have to get there. Um, 
you have to you, you can't say oh that's too risky because especially if you just look at the evolution of snapchat over the past year like how how the product has changed and it's it's moving i feel like if the earlier you can exist in that space you're gonna grow your your audience and you're gonna be ahead of the game right when it gets adopted it's gonna change over time like um i'm i'm failing to remember the name there that you had on the podcast about two weeks ago and you guys were discussing snapchat and you're a big advocate and he's kind of on the fence mark fidelman yeah mark fidelman yeah and uh I, I see both sides of it, um, but I definitely think that there. If you if you hop on board now, then your audience is going to be there when it when it moves more towards a advertiser friendly platform, and that will happen. If you look at Facebook, if you look at any platform, that's there's a kind of time at the beginning where it's new and um, it's exciting and it's very organic and over time they have to monetize. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more friendly to advertisers to exist there. And that will happen over time. So if you jump on, jump on board early and have a presence there, then you're going to reap the benefits later on. Right. Yeah. I, being an early adopter uh, or even just ahead of the curve, uh, not necessarily early adopter has so many benefits, right? Just the fact that you're there does so Mm -hmm. much. Chris, another thing I wanted to talk about is uh, is influencer marketing. There is a lot to be said about travel influencers or just, I guess, influencers in general. Are you guys doing anything with influencer marketing? Yeah, we, we do a ton of that, actually. It's, it's kind of a big area of focus. I guess we we haven't... The one girl in our department, she works as Travel Media Relations Coordinator. And it's, it's funny how that role has kind of evolved over time because media... Um, right now, any, anybody can be media, right? If you ha- if you have an audience, then you're yeah, media. So, absolutely. Um, kind of branching out from just doing traditional media to just really targeting bloggers and um, targeting people on social, anybody with a following, kind of getting them out and experiencing our attraction. So, it's funny that you asked because actually last night we had an event uh, called called the Feast on the Parkway. Uh, so it was a culinary crawl, and we took uh, about a couple dozen. Um, bloggers and um influencers and we took them out on a tour bus and we toured them around to five of our restaurants and so they experienced a a dish uh at each restaurant and uh the traction that we got from that was amazing like we were trending in canada with our hashtag feast on the parkway um that's pretty cool yeah no we're we're excited about how it went and we're, we're trying to do more and more of that so um, if you, it's, it's one thing to, uh, you get, you get the benefit at the time of them, of the exposure that they're providing. And then you also get the residual benefits from the blogs and whatnot that they post. So really try to make use of that a lot. Uh, so talking about influencer marketing, have you ever had a bad, and this is, you know, let's just be completely, uh, <laughs> have you ever had a bad experience with influencers? Um, not me personally. Uh, I think. I'm sure Chelsea, uh, who's our travel media relations coordinator, she, I'm, I'm sure she would have she would have some stories. Um, generally, the people that we get are it's we we take a lot of small wins, right? So we'll get we'll get people that may have um, three four thousand followers or something like that, and you get you get a lot of them, and they're very, they're just excited to be there. And I think our culinary team, if you look at um, if anybody wants to check out um, our Facebook page, I'm going to be putting up. By the time you hear this podcast, they'll likely be up there. But I'll put up some photos from uh, the event last night, and our culinary team did an amazing job. So there's really amazing photos that are very Instagrammable, and uh, that's kind of what we try to do: just kind of leave people with a wow and um, leave them excited about being there. 
Very cool. So it's so it's okay with influencer marketing. Here's the thing too, right? And answer as much of it as you can. Um, there's a lot of people that kind of think they're celebrities in their own in mind, right. their own mind, you know. <laughs> and and a lot of people think. I mean, I'll be honest. Some people think that I think that about myself, and you know, that's not the truth. But um, do you guys look for anything specific when identifying influencers? Um, yeah, well, we try to get a different range. Um, if you look at even just the, the crew of people that we had out last night, we had kind of, it was, it skewed to younger, but we definitely had, we had traditional media people. We had some writers for Canadian newspapers. Um, we had just kind of local bloggers. We, we target kind of cities as well that, um, Hamilton is a city that's close to us. That's a little bit bigger. So we try to get people from there, Toronto. Um, and then we just look at, at how they fit, um, if if they're putting out content that we want to associate ourselves with, then um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We're all we're always open to kind of new relationships that way. We're just trying to find people that we feel are are good ambassadors of our brand. All right. Well, listen, I want to hear a little bit from you now. These are not necessarily regarding uh, what you guys are doing in social media. What is your favorite attraction in Niagara Parks besides the falls? Because obviously the fall. I mean, like okay, Niagara Falls. That's easy to say. What's yeah. your favorite? I would, I would say the golf courses. I'm a big golfer. Um, so <clears throat> having the opportunity to, to play, we, we have some spectacular golf courses, probably I'd say some of the best in Canada and, uh, have the opportunity to just go there. I go there after work and we have, we have a 360 degree driving range. Um, the only one in Canada at our legends facility. So I like to go there and hit balls after work. Um, I would say that's probably my favorite. The restaurants are, are spectacular as well, but I'd say for me, probably the golf how much time do you spend on park property outside of work hours? Um, in a given week, I'd say maybe five to six hours. Huh. Usually, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll generally, yeah, I'll, I'll generally go a couple times a week and I'll hit balls after work. Um, and then if some given weeks, I'll, I'll golf on the weekend. Other times, maybe we go for a walk in uh, one of the hiking trails or something like that. And if I have family down here, they always want to go check the attractions out. So I'll usually take them. Uh, hockey, the blue, J- the, the maple Leafs are not in the playoffs <laughs> or they're, they're no longer. Not yet. Uh, not yet. yeah, right. Um, <laughs> my, my penguins won last night. Yeah. It was a big, big win. Uh, almost gave me a heart attack, uh, with that one. And, uh, your blue Jays are not looking that great. What's, uh, what's going on over there in Toronto? Yeah, it's interesting. Their their offense last year was so unstoppable, and this year they seem to be striking out a lot. Um, I think I think they're going to come around. We we uh, we have a chance to sweep the Giants today, so um, hopefully we can do that. And Tulowitzki hit a home run last night, which is it's a about, good thing we need him time. to get going. He's on my fantasy yeah, well, team. He's, he's been killing. He's been it. hitting home runs, but he's been that's about it. That's about all he's doing. He's playing great defense, but it's just weird to see him struggle like this, right? Like a guy that's been that great for his whole career. So yeah, he's been totally murdering um, my fantasy team this year. Like, <laughs> oh, it's man. just it's been horrible. There's like negative points on the board every every week from him, and oh, uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, um, so I'm kind of aggravated about that. But how close are you guys in Niagara Parks? There, how close are you to like? Is it near major cities, like a city? Yeah, well, Niagara Falls itself uh, is a city of about eighty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny though if you if you saw a picture of it, you'd think it's much larger um, because it's the downtowns are very built up. It's the area around the falls has a lot of really big hotels and that kind of thing. So it, it actually has kind of the skyline of a large city, but it's it's pretty condensed in in one area. 
um, the Niagara region itself, I actually live in St. Catharines, Ontario. So just about 20 minutes outside of Niagara Falls, okay. the area in the area itself, um, there's probably around 250,000 people. And then we're about an hour's drive from Toronto. So if you ever, like I head down to Toronto to go to Blue Jays games or concerts, just kind of take the train after work. And it's pretty easy that way. Or CHL games, right? Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to the, uh, the ice dogs games tonight, ice dogs versus London Knights. So. That's uh, they're, they're hoping to avoid a sweep. They they blew a big lead in the Monday game. So, well, I uh, I wish I wish your team the best in that one, <laughs> and then hopefully your Blue Jays will step it up a little bit uh, for the rest of the year. Listen, it was cool hanging out and talking about the parks a little bit and what you guys offer. I am absolutely going to make sure i come visit the falls soon very and, cool uh, let me know and i'll i'll hook you up yeah for sure we're gonna have to talk about it uh amongst amongst others because you know people i think kind of forget about the falls and uh they don't realize it's actually a pretty cool attraction to come to and come see so we'll uh we'll have to build up some awareness just here from the brand boost podcast if you're listening uh this was chris giles from Niagara Parks in Canada. And if you didn't listen to this podcast and for whatever reason you're just tuning in, because that would be weird, uh, make sure you listen to the entire thing and you go connect with Chris. Chris, where can they find you and where can they find the parks online? Uh, You can find Niagara Parks, uh, basically everything at Niagara Parks and Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook as well. And you can follow me uh, at Chris Giles 87 on Twitter. Very cool. We will put links to all of that in show notes and then uh, hopefully people will connect with you and start coming to the parks. And if they come and they say, I listen to you on the Brand Boost podcast, you got to give them like a high five or something. How about yeah, that? definitely. We'll, we'll, send you a, we'll send you a check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, thanks so much, buddy. Okay, perfect. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Take care. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.